0: We open with our camera looking at the now empty warehouse bathed in moonlight.
1: I'll meet you there.
0: Alistair's voice can be heard as the end of the evening flits past our view. Silk and Jeremiah are seen sitting outside of a bar in Harbor Heights, where Dinah Simmons is sitting inside waiting for Jeremiah. Victor's path through St. Fleur is followed, ending at Point Claire, where Isabel Lane and Anna Rosenberg are waiting to take Fatima Sanchez off his literal paws. Alex is driving his car, Cassandra DeWitt leaning her head against the window, her breath fogging up the glass. And our camera ends at a black door in a dirty alleyway, Bass thumping from the building, and the door swings open. Within we see Alistair, with a vampire named Julian holding onto his arm as they step in front of an ostentatiously dressed person named Fen,
1: draped over a throne.
0: So Alistair, what's you up to? How's life going?
1: Not great, I'll be honest. Alistair had just gotten Finn's name, but the question remains unanswered of, and what the fuck do you think you're doing?
0: Are you trying to figure someone out?
1: Yeah, that sounds accurate. That's an eight.
0: On a hit, hold two. On a seven to nine, they also hold one on you.
1: First up, what's your character's beef with Troy? Or what was it?
0: Finn smiles. You can see their fangs. As they give you a wide, pearly grin. And they gesture towards the floor, which is surprisingly not super bloody. Because, hey, Troy didn't have a lot of blood to bleed at that time. As a couple of the other thrall are dragging the body away. And Finn says, oh, well, right now I'm cleaning house, I think is what the phrase is. You see, I just... I don't really like little vampires hanging around, taking territory of their own and not even being open to conversation. So they think that they are um, getting rid of people who are in their way and not willing to work with them. And Troy was one of those persons.
1: That leads perfectly into my second question. What are they hoping to get from murdering Troy? Like what's their end game, I guess?
0: Alistair, you kind of had gathered before from Troy that he had a bit of a network, so to speak, of his own. It wasn't all just vampires. There were ghosts. There were tainted all sorts of creatures. But they tended to be people who were more interested in protecting their own and were supernatural. And Finn is hoping to send a message. To everyone who has worked with Troy so far that you know don't fuck with Finn if I come calling and I want to talk to you have the basic common courtesy to have that conversation and if you don't I'll kill you
1: so you used Troy as a figure to make an example how did I get dragged into all of this what purpose do you have for me? I can assure you that very few people will be intimidated by you killing the disgraced heir to the Lockwood name.
0: Oh, and why would I kill you? That seems like such a waste of blood. Finn sits up a bit more properly and leans forward. You can tell that they're scrutinizing you a little bit.
1: Alistair, like, squares his shoulders a little bit and stands up a little bit straighter.
0: I uh, heard through the grapevine that my dear little Jonathan's um, boyfriend, I think it was, has turned up suspiciously dead and that somebody was um, poking around and starting things, so to speak. And I am following this correctly since you so magnanimously mentioned being part of the lockwood family that means that you have um power i've been around st fleur for a while and i've seen many lockwoods and well i'm curious how i could get you to lend me a hand in a problem or two
1: now are all of you vampires quite so needy Yes, Yes, I was around when Jonathan's boyfriend had to be put down, but between you and me, I didn't play as much of a role as I would have liked to in that ordeal. Regardless, if you help me, I'll help you. That lead has been buried, and I just need to get into that country club. If you provide me a way in there... I suppose I will owe you a favor.
0: You just need into the country club, something as easy as that.
1: Yes, yes, and I'm sure it's nothing for the great and powerful Finn.
0: They note your sarcasm, but ignore it. Politely. I mean, as much as I appreciate the flattery, that just requires money, and when you're hundreds of years old, money is very rarely one of your concerns. Um... I can do that for you with the knowledge that, um, you'll be on my roster, so to speak.
1: Yes, yes, I'll at least consider whatever your requests are. You know, you really didn't have to kidnap me for all this. It's more, I mean, you could have shot me a text message.
0: Um, my understanding is that you're a bit of the, uh, reclusive sort.
1: That's a fancy word for... Somebody people don't seem to like, but yes, I suppose.
0: And, I mean, you would have just gone, oh look, a text message from a number, I don't know. Delete. Besides, you showed up where my boys happen to be anyways, and, you know, they all like to have their own fun sometimes. Right. I can guarantee that you'll be off the hunt
1: list. So, what sort of- Favors are you looking for, or is it more of a to-be-determined type of situation?
0: I need someone found.
1: Easy enough. Do you have a name you would like to provide?
0: I don't have a name name yet. I hear they go by the Fleur.
1: Interesting. I don't believe I've heard of them before.
0: Roll to keep your cool.
1: That's a twelve.
0: You lie smoothly. Well, they are, from what I've gathered, somebody who is rather powerful in this city, and I'm interested in finding out exactly who they are. And I understand that your sort tend to be rather good at finding people.
1: We are. um, Though usually it works a lot better if I have one of their personal effects.
0: Well, I'll work on that then. Um, And in the meantime, I'll go ahead and get you that country club membership. Do you want any extras? Do you need like a tea time or?
1: Well, if you can schedule me a spa day, my wrists and shoulders are a little bit sore after being uh, fucking kidnapped in the middle of my shopping trip.
0: (laughs) You hear that chuckle come under Julian's breath. It's not loud enough for Finn to hear. Or Finn just doesn't really care. Finn just kind of shrugs and goes, well, I mean, you're not dead. So I'll have Julian here take you back to your residence or wherever it is that you need to go. And, um, you know, maybe just exchange contact information with him. Have a nice little chat. I don't know, Julian, take him out to dinner or something. But, you know, get to know each other. He'll act as your contact point to get to me. Um, And I should have that uh, membership for you in a day or two at most.
1: Sounds agreeable. And if Alistair turns and tries to walk out, is Julian still holding on to him?
0: He's not holding on, but he will be following you out. Like, he's basically trailing you.
1: Yeah, uh, even though he is Alistair wants to make a power play. As he's walking out, he snaps his fingers in there and says, Come on, Julian.
0: The camera gets that look of Julian's face, who kind of like pauses midstep, looks over at Finn, who just like casually waves their hand towards him. And you could tell that like it takes all of his self-control for a moment to return to just that nice Casual, airy little vampire that he is as he follows you out. And our camera stays in this room for a moment as it pans back to Finn as we see Jonathan walk in from the part that leads into the club proper. And Jonathan is holding a phone in his hand and says, Finn, I've heard something from the hunters out at the warehouse. And we cut back outside to Alistair, who now has a vampire pet, who's going to drive him wherever he wants to go currently. So, uh, so do you want to go back to your home? Where do you need to go?
1: Well, if it's not too much trouble, I had some friends I was meant to meet, and Alistair is going to have him drive to the warehouse.
0: The um, two of you get into Julian's vehicle and start heading towards Warwick. All right, so who's dying to go? We have Victor, we have Alex, and we have Silk and Jeremiah.
2: Well, if nobody else is going to.
0: Alex, have you made it back to the bookshop at this point? Or are you still having awkward car conversation?
2: Assuming nobody has stopped us, I think we have made it back at this point. Okay. I think we would like to get up to Alex's office. We are going to avoid the main bookstore proper. I assume there is back access.
0: Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, once we head up there, Alex is going to take a second to lay his sword on the desk because it still needs to be cleaned before I can put it back up on the wall. But then he is going to go make some tea because that was the offer.
0: When you come back into your office, Cass is looking at one of the paintings that Alex has on the wall. It's the one with the skull and all of the creepy souls inside of the skull.
2: The Face of War by uh, Salvador Dali. It's a very good reproduction. And he kind of looks over at her. How would you like your tea?
0: She turns to you and says, black, please. And you notice that her eyes have gone pitch black.
2: And he nods. And I think he's got uh, a full-on little silver tea set, because why wouldn't he? That he moves over to the desk and pours for both of them. He motions to one of the seats.
0: Does Alex sit behind the desk? I don't think
2: so for now. I think he's waiting to see what she does, because this is not normal. He's just going to say, make yourself comfortable.
0: She nods and kind of like looks back at the painting for a moment before choosing one of the chairs to sit down in. Rather casually. For somebody who was just abducted and tortured.
2: And I think at this point, uh, Alex is going to walk around to the behind of the desk and kind of rest as the back of the chair. And he's just going to take a look at her. So tell me, is that Cass or is there something else in there now?
0: (sighs) Cass grabs her cup of tea, takes a sip and then sets it back down and says, Cass is still in here, if that is what you're asking. It's calling me something else is a little offensive. I've been in here just as long. Well, since she was 13.
2: Then you have me at a disadvantage. Would you care to introduce yourself?
0: She smiles at you and just goes, I have had many, many different names throughout my time, but my name was originally Leon Fleur.
2: And is that a name that I can put a face to, or is that one I wouldn't have heard about?
0: It is one you can try to put a face to, because I'm really, really curious if Alex has ever heard this name.
2: Okay, and what faction would that be?
0: Leon would have originally been Power, so let's roll with Power, because you're kind of doing like a history lesson here.
2: No, that's a six.
0: So no, you don't know the name. I mean, you know the history of St. Fleur, um, and you know that the original founder and the mayor and his wife, their surname was also Fleur, and that there is definitely some mysticism going on there.
2: And I think at that point, Alex just has a seat behind his desk and takes kind of a slow sip of his tea. Leon, was it you who killed Kieran Shearer?
0: She smiles a little. As she takes another sip of her tea. Yes, it was.
2: And you say Cassandra is still in there. Is she aware of you?
0: On a conscious level, no.
2: She did seem to think that there was something wrong with her and had been for a while. We talked earlier. I'm sure you're aware. She nods. And I'm trying to figure something out. Do you like to roll to figure someone out? I, I would. I would like to roll to figure someone out. And that is another six.
0: As you're like looking at Leon sitting there drinking her tea and like you're trying to figure your figure something about her out, but your like thoughts just kind of keep immediately wandering back to Karina. Like you're not sure why, but every time you look at her and the way she's sitting there and conducting herself it just that's who she makes you think of and that throws like any other trail you have off
2: and i think that definitely shows on alex's face like he is just can't really keep his eyes on her face for very long and eventually just kind of looks back up to that painting on the wall and then back over i have some people that i need to speak with sooner rather than later so here is my question My concern is making sure that Cass stays safe because I believe that there are still people who would use her to get to me. Are you willing to stay here for the time being?
0: She finishes her tea and sets the empty cup back down on your platter. Why, of course, Alex, you and I are old friends.
2: And I think there is definitely a look on his face like, the fuck. But then he just picks the sword up and doesn't say anything else just walks out of the room
0: so we see alex start to work on cleaning his sword back in his office Cass slash leone has actually just kind of like settled into that chair eyes closed and our camera pans to victor who has just arrived at point claire where isabel lane the chaplain from five points And Anna Rosenberg, the maid who likes to stab things, are waiting for him. And Fatima Sanchez is with Victor, the leader of the now defunct question mark brigade.
3: There's less of them now, anyway.
0: There are less of them now, that is for sure.
3: Victor sets Fatima down gently, a few meters away from where the other two wait. What are your plans with Fatima?
0: Anna turns to Isabel and is like, You know, that is a Great question. And Isabel gives her the not now look. Victor, if you want like an answer answer,
3: I'm a mean to make a move of some sort.
0: yes,
3: I think this is a figure someone out,
0: probably all right. You can try that. Alternatively, don't you have a debt on Isabel? I do. You don't have to. But one of the debt options is to make an NPC answer a question honestly about their faction.
3: Yeah, I'll do that. I I'm going to call in that debt. Isabel, you owe me the truth here. I helped out at Kieran's funeral and you know being on my good side is in your best interests. Spit it out.
0: Isabel scrunches her face up a little bit and then look. Someone is hunting down our leader and tonight Well, tonight they managed to find their target. We knew that Fatima was looking into it. We didn't think too much about it, but we need to know what she knows. And we need to know who else knows what she knows. As she says this, you can tell that, like, Isabel looks visibly, like, a little panicked. And Anna looks very surprised when Isabel says tonight they found their target.
3: Interesting. I have some friends that are interested in having Fatima alive by the end of your investigation. Make sure that's the case, or I'll have to eat another priest of five points.
0: Roll to in NPC.
3: Okay, yeah, no, that's good. That is a seven. That is a partial success.
0: On a seven to nine, they modify the terms or demand a debt. Isabel looks at Fatima and then looks back at you. Sure, if you tell me which friends of yours are interested in Fatima being alive.
3: That would be Jeremiah.
0: Antiques and acquisitions, Jeremiah?
3: The very same.
0: Isabel turns to Anna. I need your help getting her in and getting her settled. And Anna just kind of nods, still a little shell-shocked from the news that evidently someone took out the leader of Flair's Watch. And um, Anna, like, holds her hands where you can see them as she starts approaching and is just kind of like, is it okay if I... Do I know, Anna? Have I interacted with Anna before? No, because she got shoved out of the elevator. You can roll if you would like to, to put a name to a face.
3: I would like to. That is a three.
0: No, you do not recognize this girl at all. She has, like, bright orange hair. She looks like she was dressed to be out clubbing tonight, and you notice that she has, just because, like, Ileana did some weapons training with you, you can tell where she has a couple of concealed knives on her, but, like, you don't know anything about her.
3: Keep your knives away and you're fine.
0: Hey, Isabel promised that, uh, we weren't gonna kill her, not that I really wanted to anyways, and I'm not dumb enough to stab a wolf. Okay. Depends on the night. Tonight, I am not dumb enough to stab a wolf.
3: Victor smiles at that. If only so many people were as smart as you, there'd be more in the city tonight. And I hand over Fatima.
0: As, like, Fatima, uh, like, drapes an arm around um, Anna, because, you know. She's not really in a position to be able to argue about this. You can kind of hear, like, Anna talking under her breath to Fatima. The two seem to know each other. You hear a rib of, you just had to go break some of my finest work, didn't you? And just Fatima being like, yeah, I know. I didn't expect that kid to be such a good shot. Is there anything else you want to ask of Anna or Isabel or Fatima while you're here? No, I
3: don't think so. Have a good night, ladies. I turn around and start walking away.
0: And we make it back to Mike's.
4: I'd just like to point out that Jeremiah is probably like 10 to 20 years, but Oh no, senior. Jeremiah
0: is definitely older than Fatima. A hundred percent. But Fatima finds you annoying and therefore just calls you a kid.
4: What's Jeremiah going to do about Silk?
0: I don't know. Silk did offer to make Jeremiah look less like crap.
4: That's true. Um, I think Jeremiah will just rock the tired, wounded, disheveled state here. He'll pause at the bar of silk. Do you want anything to drink? On me.
5: Oh, really? Um, just a Manhattan, then.
4: Jeremiah will put some money down and order silk in Manhattan. I would appreciate it if you stayed here. I did buy you a drink.
5: Um, here as in this very seat or here as in the bar? This seat. Did you and Dinah, like, exchange glances or anything? Does it Did it look like you knew her, or...? There was a significant exchange of glances.
0: Yeah, Silk, you're not an idiot. You can see the woman in a very, very nice red dress, hair all done up, who looks kind of tired, and has a nice designer gray purse with a crystal ball keychain on it, staring at Jeremiah.
5: Well, um, you're not going to introduce me to your new friend, then? No. Then, um, I guess your gift can wait a little while then. And, uh, Silk sits down to have his drink.
4: Jeremiah will approach Dinah and take a seat next to her.
0: She has a, uh, empty glass already in front of her. And as you sit down, the bartender sets another old-fashioned in front of her and then looks at you. Uh, is there anything you want?
4: Just bring me an entire bottle of scotch.
0: Top shelf, bottom shelf, middle shelf. Top shelf. The bartender winks at you and then like moves over to Silk to get Silk's drink order. And Dinah takes a swig of the old-fashioned and like the tension is still clearly there between the two of you. How's it going? Well, it's uh it's been a night. She uh looks at her watch and it's only What is that? 8.45? Yep. It's
4: been quite a night for me as well.
0: Yeah, you look it.
4: Sharp Teeth has a lead on your pendant. Uh, Stuff went down before I could get to him and trail it farther.
0: Dinah laughs a little bit and then pulls a chain that was hanging around her neck and like had gone down into her neckline up. And um, you can tell that it's the Miss seeker pendant there and she said oh this pendant
4: yeah yeah that one Jeremiah would sort of rub his face i i'm sorry again for being too nosy
0: well i'm not going to say okay because you and i both know it's not but i know it wasn't malicious
4: i need to ask you something and possibly need your help on a project
0: she takes another long drink of the um, old-fashioned and the bartender comes back around with that bottle of scotch and two glasses and sets it down in front of the two of you.
4: Jeremiah's going to pour himself a drink.
0: And what is the question and what do you need help with?
4: How well do you like Eric Zarn's leadership of the network?
0: I mean, he keeps the brunches running, but can't say he does much more than that.
4: What if someone else was to take his place? Jeremiah will take another drink of that.
0: Well, probably wouldn't be for the worst. I'm assuming it's you that's thinking of taking his place. Yes. So what do you need my help with?
4: If I'm going to take his place, I need enough of a network on my side that if he ends up dead one morning, no one's going to ask too many questions. And getting rid of him is going to require a lot of planning. We work pretty well together, which is why I'm coming to you with this.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll support you.
4: Jeremiah will take another drink, contemplate something. He sort of looks down the stands of a bar top. As a gesture of trust between us, I want to tell you something I haven't told anyone for six years at this point.
0: She tilts her head at you slightly, like, obviously listening.
4: Jeremiah will glance at Silk, glance back at Dinah, not within his earshot. Would you step outside quickly with me?
0: Dinah slaps a, like, 20 down on the bar for her drinks, grabs her coat and jacket and says, Sure, why don't you walk me to my, Mm, shouldn't drive. Why don't you wait with me until my Uber gets here?
4: All
5: right.
0: And the two of you step outside. Silk, what are you doing?
5: Could I roll to see if I know uh, Dinah?
0: Yes, please. Roll to put a name to a face with mortality.
5: That is a partial success.
0: On a hit, you know their reputation. The GM will tell you what most people know about them. So Silk lives in Harbor Heights, right? Yes. Yes. So you've seen Dinah around before. She lives in a row of condos about three down from yours. Mm-hmm. They're not rainbow colored, but you know, eh, they're still like lakefront. They're good enough. And so it's reasonable that people within your network have heard of her and know of her. Dinah Simmons is a fairly well-respected member of the Arcane Network. She is very well known for her discretion. You can be very assured that if you work with her, she will not tell anybody. She will not, like, rat. She will go out of her way to make sure she knows as little about you as possible. And she does good work.
5: What I happen to know if she knows any strange languages for a thing I'm about to do?
0: What's a strange language in your opinion?
5: I'm thinking something old school, like, I don't know, Aramaic.
0: Sure, she definitely went to college for some like ridiculous archaeology degree or something and picked up some weird languages along the way.
5: So what Silk is going to do is pull out that demon summoning book he got from Kyle's apartment. He's going to finish his drink, put the book on the table um, with a $100 bill on top of it and put his uh, empty drink on top of it. And he's going to leave a note on there. One for Dinah, one for Jeremiah. On Jeremiah's, it's going to say, this is for you, it's genuine, ask Dinah to read it to you, or read it for you. And then on Dinah's, it's just going to say something like, Silk's going to show that he does care sometimes. To Dinah, just take care of him. And shove that over to the bartender, who I'm sure will appreciate like a $200 tip. And then Silk is going to walk out of the bar.
0: Do you do this while Dinah and Jeremiah are having their conversation?
5: Ideally it would be it would happen right as they are getting ready to leave.
0: So what happens actually is that as Dinah is standing up and grabbing her coat and um what have you? Jeremiah, you look over and where Silk was literally there just a moment ago, he's no longer there. And as you like turn back to Diana to make sure that, like, oh, she's good, she's got her coat on, she's ready to go, the bartender says, uh, sir.
4: Jeremiah will look back and raise an eyebrow.
0: And you see, like, the bartender is, like, holding the book with both of her hands. The uh, nicely dressed Asian gentleman left this for you and holds the book out with the two notes towards you.
4: Jeremiah will take it. Look at both the notes. Uh, It's a brief moment of anger in his look. He looks at the notes and he'll hand Dinah a note silk wrote for her.
0: She looks it over and raises an eyebrow and looks up at you. What, you need your friends to wingman for you now.
4: He shouldn't have done that.
0: I think it's rather sweet of him as she puts the note into her purse and the two of you step outside. She's ordering the Uber on her phone and you have a window to tell her your secrets.
4: My real name is Leonard Symes. If you had any dealings in Toronto, you've probably heard of me. Or at least my family.
0: Were you the the You all did a lot of like staging crime and shit, didn't you?
4: Yes. Huh.
0: You suddenly make a lot more sense to me.
4: Jeremiah will get a surprised look on his face at that comment. It's a better reaction than I expected.
0: Dino just kinda like shrugs one shoulder. Well, I mean, It's not always possible to keep your hands clean um i'm just do you want to drive me home instead i mean i know you've had a drink but do you want to take the uber home with me instead (laughs) i can drive all right and the two of you are going to get into your car then and head to dinah's apartment and i think that's a good spot to go back to um alistair Julian has drove you down to the warehouse that you mentioned. It is quiet. You don't see, well, you do see some other vehicles there, but you don't see any vehicles that you recognize. No police, though.
1: As he gets out of the car, Alistair is just going to sort of look around. Is there any sign of what happened here or like what he missed?
0: Julian steps out of the car when you do too, and you see, like, his nostrils kind of flare for a moment, and he looks at you and says, well, I hope that your friends aren't the type who bleed a lot, and gestures not too far away from where the two of you parked, where there's actually, like, a lot of blood on the ground.
1: I think Alistair is going to pull his phone out and call... Alex? I feel like Alex is a good choice to call here.
0: Alex, your phone starts vibrating.
2: I am going to take a sec to look at who it is, and once I see it's Alistair, yeah, I'll pick up.
1: Hello. So, um, I'm hoping all this blood on the ground isn't yours.
2: How long have you known me, Alistair?
1: It's felt like so much longer than it probably actually is.
2: Only for you. What can I do for you?
1: Well, I made good on my promise to escort you to the warehouse. I believe that everything has already transpired, though. Yes.
2: You were late. I assume something came up.
1: Yes, something like that. Is there a... Well, how was your evening? And I think, Alex, we get that view
2: of him just checking the edge of this. I think he's just finishing up. The whole thing is disassembled, and he's starting to put it back together. I have done terrible things tonight, Alistair. I'd rather not talk
1: about them. So you probably don't want to meet up for coffee somewhere? I think there's kind of a a long moment there. Do you need something? Well, not in particular, but I did promise that I would... Come to help you tonight, and. well. I believe it or not, I don't like breaking my promises.
2: You know what? At this point, just assure me that you are safe, and we will call it even.
1: Alistair, like, looks out of the corner of his eyes over to Julian and says, I'm as safe as I'm going to be.
2: Alistair, you're going to be the death of me. Are you in any danger of dying tonight?
1: Alistair looks at his watch and says, No, I think I can put it off till tomorrow.
0: Alistair, you noticed that uh, Julian kind of chuckled under his breath a little bit when Alex asked, Are you in any danger of dying tonight?
1: Maybe the day after. It really all depends how quickly things move in this city.
2: Then don't worry about it. The person I came here to collect has been collected, but... The situation has become more complicated. At some point, I may ask for your assistance, but for tonight, let's just let no one else die. How about that?
1: Sounds agreeable. Um, yes, I may be asking for your assistance in the future as well, but for now, try to get some rest.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's a joke and a half.
1: And I just hang up. And then after Alex hangs up, Alistair is going to shoot a text off to Jeremiah and says, he's just going to ask, like, when were you planning to come to the library? I seem to have some free time.
0: Alistair, after you shoot off that text message and like you look back up, Julian's just kind of like sitting on the hood of his car watching you. And he smiles and is just like, you know, I'll only hurt you when you ask, right?
1: Alistair puts his, yeah, he kind of like folds his arms on top of the uh, roof of the car and looks over at Julian and says, Is that so?
0: What was it? At least pull my hair first that you said.
1: I'm glad to see you were so... amenable. Is that the word? It's, it's been a night. Uh, yes, well, I do believe that your boss instructed you to buy me dinner. I could go for a steak right about now.
0: Anywhere you prefer.
1: Yes, there's a place I've been meaning to try out. My um, Soul to Steak. Haven't quite had the time to make it out there myself, but let's see if they're all that are cracked up to be.
0: <laughs> well, as long as it's no longer an active church, Julian says as he gets back into the car.
1: Have a problem with the church? And this time Alistair climbs into the passenger seat instead of the back seat. Don't all vampires? Can't say I've gotten to know too many of them.
0: You should, um, take some lessons then.
1: I'm sure there's a thing or two you could teach me.
0: Well, dinner first. You did ask so politely. And I think the two of you drive off. And let's go ahead and cut back around to... Actually, Silk, you haven't really gotten to do much today. So far, tonight.
5: I haven't. I've just kind of been uh, drinking and then leaving.
0: Is there anything you want to do?
5: Let's see. I have two choices here. I can also go hang out with Alex since I'm still supposed to actually be keeping an eye on him, at least until midnight. Or I can try and find someone to heal since I do actually have two wounds or three total wounds. So that's actually pretty significant. Why don't we do that? Um, And then I'll swing around to Alex's. I'm actually going to want to try and hit the streets to find someone who can heal fairy bodies.
0: Who are you uh, hitting up? Who do you know?
5: I'm actually going to go for uh, Theodora again, since I'm going to need magic to do this sort of healing.
0: She knows how to do that now. Roll to hit the streets with power.
5: That is a nine.
0: So on hit, they're available and they have the stuff. On a seven to nine, you get to choose one. Either they're juggling their own problems or whatever you need is more costly than anticipated.
5: Debts are fun. Whatever I need is more costly than anticipated.
0: Do you go to like Theodora's house? Do you, Where do you go to find her?
5: So I think the way this looks is Silk is driving up to her house. Does, does she have like a mansion style house like Alistair does or does she live in an apartment or what does that look like?
0: She has a mansion style house, but if you ever said to her face like Alistair does, you would get like a fireball to the face. (laughs) Got it. She lives in Northview. She has like a legit manor, basically. It's nice. It's very nice. It's not like ostentatious. It's not too large. Like Rosalie went way overboard in her opinion, but she's got a very nice place.
5: So um, Silk drives up. I'm sure she has one of those driveways that like circles around the front park right in front of her house. And uh, Silk is now wearing a crimson red suit and he walks up to the doorbell and just rings it.
0: It is actually Theodora herself who opens it. She could have staff, but she doesn't.
5: Great. Um, Silk is going to fall into her house. It turns out that his suit is red to hide the blood that he's kind of bleeding right now.
0: And she closes the door and drags you into her entryway. Silk, can you at least get down into the basement?
5: (laughs) I thought you'd never ask.
0: Oh, is that where this is going?
5: uh maybe later but for now a little bit of business it appears that this body is a little bit squishier than i had planned for
0: i can tell you're bleeding all over my favorite rug
5: Mm, i'll have it replaced
0: so no you can't make it down to my basement
5: perhaps if you lend a shoulder or whatever else you have
0: so you can ruin my dress as well she says that as she like helps you up
5: well, you could just take the dress off.
0: I think all of the blood loss is going to your head. <laughs> and she helps you down into the basement where she like sets you in like a chair that's in the middle of a pentagram and like starts ruffling through stuff on her workbench and is like, I, uh, I assume we're going to talk payment after or do you want to talk payment before?
5: I do like to make sure that my debts are paid before. I could keep you up to date on the latest happenings that may have perhaps led to this new hole that I hadn't planned?
0: Oh, I'm sure that I would have information you want as well for that one, though.
5: Perhaps you'd be interested in uh, Niberius making a power play in the city.
0: That catches her ears and she turns and looks at you. Can you get me an introduction?
5: Certainly, but I would prefer to stop bleeding first. I do believe the blood is supposed to remain on the inside of these bodies. All
0: right, then you have a deal, my good sir. And um, she starts working her magic, quite literally. I think you can heal your, your you're still going to have your minor harm, but the, uh, the, the bleeding gets stopped and you heal the too heavier harm. And I really want to know what's going on with Alex.
2: Okay. Although I think Victor was heading to the bookshop as well.
0: I mean, I have plans. I can tell you what's happening at the bookshop right now.
2: Fun. I mean, to be fair, I'm there, so.
0: So, Alex, as you are finished maintaining your weapon, you hear a loud banging on the back door that's like the alleyway door into your shop and apartment. And you hear someone like gruffly yell alex i know she's in there and it's uh anastasia's voice that you recognize
2: yeah i definitely know this werewolf uh but i have not interacted with her in a while does this count as i put a face to a name or do we assume that i just already know her
0: i mean you definitely know her because you know all of the Yeah,
2: exactly right
0: if you want to put a face to a name you can to see what you know about her
2: I might do that. Let's just do that to establish some history. That's a seven.
0: You haven't personally interacted with Anastasia much because you prefer to annoy the shit out of Ileana. But what you know about Anastasia is that while she does have the Margaret temper, she is actually the most level-headed out of all of the Margarets. She's very tactical and not the type of person to just act, basically. You've heard that she, she's a strategist.
2: So Anastasia has come here. Anastasia obviously knows who I am. So Alex is going to close his eyes for a second. He's going to leave the sword upstairs. He does have a very modest uh, living quarters that he absolutely almost never uses. But he's going to walk downstairs and open the back door. Is she a werewolf at this point?
0: Yes, she is. But compared to all of the other werewolves we've seen so far... She's actually a relatively small wolf. She's taller than you, but I'm like maybe six and a half feet tall. She's very lean and she has silver fur.
2: So she's almost a foot taller than me at this point. But Alex is going to open the door into the stock room and just motion her inside because, you know, better to do this indoors, right? Right. At which point he's just going to step back, kind of hands behind his back. I'm sorry. Can I help you?
0: I'm looking for Cass, and I know she's in here.
2: Well, you are both correct, and then again, not entirely.
0: She looks very, like, puzzled, you can tell, because, like, her ears move in that way dogs do when they're confused.
2: And I would like to point out a couple of things for the listeners at this point. Anastasia has come to my haven. When someone comes to my haven willingly, they enter my web, which comes with a debt... Now Anastasia has come to my haven to look for advice or information, which means she owes me a second debt just for stepping through the door. And Alex kind of nods at her. Cassandra is here. How much do you know about her situation?
0: What situation?
2: So not at all, then. She's safe. If you know nothing else about me, it's that I'm not going to lie to you. I might manipulate you, I might tell you what to do, and I have definitely been stalking you since you were old enough to toddle. But she is safe. I do not think it is in your best interests to interact with her right now.
0: Roll to persuade an NPC.
2: I can do that. And you know what? You know what? I just got two debts on her. I'm going to cash one of those in to get a plus three on this. So with the plus three, that is a 12.
0: She looks up like you know she can tell that Cass is upstairs. And you can tell she's worried. And just, like, kind of, like, everything about her just drops a little bit. I think when I
2: see that Alex does actually kind of, like, reach a hand out to rest on her shoulder, he's trying to be comforting. I am going to take care of this. Trust me. You have my word. But things are not what they seem and haven't been for a while. I'm going to get answers. You will have her back.
0: I... Okay.
2: Now, if you don't mind, I have a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, I... Need to get out of city limits anyways. Um, yeah, you can tell that like she wants to ask you a bunch of questions, but she's also like, no, she's in no position to do anything about it right now. That's not just um, be a very typical Margaret Pack werewolf. So, yeah, I, I guess she's just gonna leave. Here's where it's at, Victor, because you were heading towards Alex's bookshop, right? Mm hmm. You can smell that Anastasia is in the area. Right. It is up to you whether or not you just want to go to the bookshop or go see what's up with your cousin.
3: Victor wants to avoid talking to Anastasia if possible, because I'm not here to be nice to Kaz.
0: Oh, that's true.
3: Yeah. She can probably tell I'm here, too. So if she wants to talk to me, she can.
0: So can you read me what exactly the wolf's intimacy move says again?
3: absolutely oh yeah fuck
0: you always know where to find them and when they're in trouble okay yep uh yeah so this is unavoidable victor there is one thing that you know 100 percent about anastasia is that she is the fastest werewolf around she might not be the strongest but damn will she beat you anywhere and you're not able to evade her It's near somebody's manor grounds, so, like, you're both kind of not in the streets and shit, where she intercepts you.
3: In, like, the backyard of somebody's, like, really nice gardens and shit? Yeah. Okay. Anastasia.
0: Victor. What are you doing? And, like, you can see that, like, her hackles are raised.
3: I've figured out who killed Kieran, and I intend to stop looking the fool For having not found them yet. Step aside.
0: If you're looking for who I think you are, I can't. You know that.
3: Let's not fight tonight, Anastasia. The moon wouldn't like it.
0: I can only do that if you can promise me that you're not going to hurt her.
3: I'm not going to promise any such thing.
0: Anastasia kind of squares off against you. Damn vampire wouldn't let me in there, so I will be damned if I let you past me.
3: Why wouldn't let Alex let you in?
0: Roll to figure someone out.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds great. That's a 12.
0: All right, you get three questions then.
3: What's your character hoping to get from leaving Cass with Alex?
0: When you say that, like ask her, you know, why wouldn't Alex let you in? You kind of see that, like, little bit of confusion on her um, face, her ears pulling back. And you can just tell from, like, her body language that she doesn't really know what's going on. And she knows that she, like, doesn't have the knowledge or facilities to deal with it right now. And she doesn't trust herself to also not hurt Cass. Okay. Look, it just seemed like the best idea at the time to leave her there with him okay and i don't think you want to have to kill your friend either
3: i take a couple steps to the right as we like are continuing to circle each other no i don't want to kill Cass, and i don't want to kill alex to get to her she killed someone on my territory what would you do if it was yours let them go for free how could I put your character in my debt?
0: If the killer was your mate, then yes, I would. That's what pack does for each other. Agree not to go kill Cass or even go there. Trust me to handle it, Victor.
3: Fine, but you owe me. Victor, like, loosens his shoulders and takes a few steps away from both her and the direction of Alex's place. Over his shoulder, he's going to ask... Why weren't you there tonight if you care so much? In other words, what's your characters hoping to get from not being there? What, were you, what game were you playing that required you to do, be somewhere
5: else?
0: You can tell that question just like goes right to her core. Your mom took pack leadership from my dad. I'll be damned if I'm going to let you do the same to me. I had somewhere I had to be to make the connections I need to know that when that time comes, you don't stand a chance.
3: Victor smiles a big red grin. I killed hunters tonight. Many of them. It is their job to hunt us down, and I slaughtered them. You can't make enough connections, Anastasia. Have a good night. And he like leaps over the wrought iron fence and runs off into the night. He is not going to go after Cass or go anywhere near there.
0: Jeremiah, you and Dinah have made it safely back to her place. When you both get in, she almost immediately starts changing because screw being in a formal dress like, come on.
4: Hey, I mean, Jeremiah's in, like, magical artifacts and jeans.
0: When the two of you make it, like, into her apartment, like, do you follow her back into her bedroom, or, like, are you just awkwardly hanging out in the living room?
4: If she's sort of, like, singling that they're cool, yeah, he'd follow her into the bedroom.
0: She leaves her bedroom door open, but it's, like, not necessarily an invitation as much as it's, like, a peace offering, if that makes sense. It's the, I'm not shutting you out, leaving the door open, not the, you're welcome to come in.
4: I guess he's just going to go, like, stare out the window at the city uh, and look at his phone, because he did hear of a text message, or feel of a text message, this is on vibrate. He'll text Alistair, not tonight, tomorrow, question mark.
0: You hear the clatter of Dida setting her earrings down, and she steps back into the doorway. She's just wearing, like, a ratty t-shirt and some shorts. Her hair is still, like, nice and, like, her makeup's all done. But besides that, she's, like, just totally comfortable right now. (sighs) Look, in our business, you can't keep your hands clean. If you do, you're not going to get anywhere. I mean, I've always respected your family for pulling the shit they pulled. Like, you have to know what you're doing to be able to do that. Would I always do it that way? No, but I mean, you know, there's a bit of a reputation to respect there. Thank you. She kind of just like stands there with her arms crossed, staring at you for like a minute.
4: Jeremiah's going to remove his contact lenses. He still had those in.
0: And she's like watching you do that. She kind of bridges the distance and sits on the couch with you, relaxing a little bit. Like, things are still a little tense, but you can tell that, like, something's broken through to her at least, or she's willing to set it aside for now. So I want to hear about your plan.
4: (sighs) Well, still figuring stuff out. The longest and hardest part is just getting enough members onto my side before I make my move. Or at least making sure no one steps in to stop me. Tracking down his financial assets so we can hopefully steal them. I'm sure we can make his accountant talk somehow. Once we figure the longer part it out, it's just throwing him in a trunk, driving him out into the woods, and burying him in a shallow grave.
0: Have you? Well, I don't know. Maybe that would generate compassion for him instead, but there are always the uh, burglars.
4: Frames aren't unvent?
0: It's possible. I'm... Might be able to make an introduction to someone involved.
4: It's an interesting idea.
0: Well, think about it. I mean, obviously there's a lot to figure out still, but if it means getting rid of Zarn, then I'm always more than happy to pitch in. Uh, are you going to stay tonight or are you going to head back to your place?
4: I was going to head home. It's been a long day.
0: Well, I won't ignore your call next time.
4: He'll not a vet. Get up off the couch. Take care. I'll uh, see you later.
0: Bye, Jeremiah.
4: He'll head back downstairs. Get in his car.
0: Alistair, you and Julian make it to this restaurant, and through some display of money or something, Julian gets you all a table.
1: I'm good with that.
0: Do you want to, like, get anything out of this dinner, or is it just like a dinner date montage?
1: I think it's mostly a dinner date montage. I do want to try to roll to figure him out, though, if I can.
0: All right. So as the two of you are talking over appetizers, roll to figure someone out.
3: That's a six.
0: The night goes oddly well for Alistair. Normally, Alistair doesn't really get along with people, but like Julian seems to be able to keep up almost unnaturally well with him. But anytime, like, Alistair tries to steer the conversation towards any sort of, like, talking of shop or, like, learning about Julian or, like, what's going on with Finn, somehow the conversation always gets turned back on you, Alistair. You don't really realize it's what it's happening, but it's going to be, like, one of those things the next morning that you're going to be like, wait, what happened here? And he just keeps pouring you more wine. Easily went through... A bottle and a half, two bottles of wine over dinner. And he didn't really drink any of it.
1: Okay, since you mentioned the next morning, I have to ask, does Alistair wake up alone?
0: That's up to Alistair.
1: That would be up to Julian because Alistair's going to try to make a move if possible.
0: I think what we get as our closing shot is Julian parking outside of the Lockwood Manor and helping a very drunk Alistair inside. I can dig it. And the light on the porch
5: gets turned off. Hello everyone and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR,
0: super suspicious, that's sort of my deal.
5: Constance,
0: I may be a bit of a know it all, but I might actually know it all.
5: And Alvin, I'm monstrous, as they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Come check out Dice Will Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet, where we ask the hard questions like... Is it morally
0: acceptable to kiss a goblin? Are summoning creatures ethically sourced? What's the real estate value on a haunted castle?
5: Dice Will Roll is a show where four friends team up every week to play Pathfinder 2nd Edition and be hopelessly gay the whole way through. Join Dave, KK, Ritz, and me, Derry your mythic gender fluid GM, as we play through the Kingmaker adventure path and follow a gay human bard, a lesbian half-elf druid, and a trans half-orc fighter on their journey to build and rule their own nation in the untamed wilderness of the Stolen Lands, and defend it from bandits, monsters, and wicked fae in an Arturian adventure like no other. From getting four nat ones in a row, to standing up to the darkest forces in the multiverse, Dicell Roll is here to help you keep it rolling. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at Saint Fleur Pod. If you want to support the creators who are bringing you this content, consider becoming a patron. You can find us on Patreon at the link in the episode description. Unable to be a patron but still want to support us? Consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcatcher so others can see how much you like what you're hearing. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast emceed and edited by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at super underscore Landon1. It is part of the Be Gay Roll Dice podcast network, which you can find on Twitter at Be Gay Roll Dice. Alistair, who is maybe a little too trusting of his new vampiric pet, is voiced and played by Andy. You can find him on Twitter at AndyLion92. Alex, who is very put off by being old friends with a demon, is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayUFace. Silk, who is still going to owe Theodora a new rug, is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor, who comes from the most normal, functional family you could find anywhere, is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore JE. And finally, Jeremiah, whose plans most certainly won't backfire on him in any way at all, is voiced and played by Matthew. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz-Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. Farewell, dear listener. We'll see you next time you visit St. Fleur. Be gay!